You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. And welcome back. I'm Heather Caro. And I'm Deacon Paul Trinan. And we're broadcasting today from the Abbey of the Hills up in northern, northeast South Dakota. Mm-hmm. Very northeast corner here. Uh, thank you for joining us. We've had a fantastic show um, already this morning. If you've missed any of it, we will have the podcast up later today or tomorrow. Uh, just go to realpresenceradio.com and you can listen to the podcast at any time. Um, one of my favorite things about our podcast is we break them down into interviews. So then you can just go pick which interviews you missed and listen to those. And we also have them on our app talking about technology. Yeah, that's really handy. It's very, very, very handy. Yeah. Um, occasionally, um, I'll have family members that won't be able to check out um, a particular um, broadcast, but then they'll be able to slide right in there and, mm-hmm. and uh, see and hear, rather, hear what... Um, well, even me as programming director, I have a lot of meetings that happen, and I always want to listen to Real Presence Live, but I don't always get to. Yeah. So you'll find me in my office with the app open <laughs> on my phone playing in the background, and I could be listening to a Real Presence Live from two days ago, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's mm-hmm. just, we're spoiled. Yeah, we're spoiled. We are spoiled. And it's great. I mean, there's so much more. There's so much more that's out there, and... Uh, Sometimes I feel like I need a tutorial, and that's kind of what we just got mm-hmm. from um, from our last guest when 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 she's talking about. Let's speak of Don Wolf, of course, and she's talking about these these opportunities that are available to us as as parents, grandparents, and great grandparents, not only for our children, great grandchildren, what have you. But even for ourselves, yes, um, we were talking off air a little bit that it's not just the kids and the the parents and the grand grandparents. Sometimes great grandmothers are pulled into this. Mm-hmm. Um, just again, maybe not the pornography as much, but the, just the the loss of communion. Yeah, you know, Father Todd Schneider, let's pull them both together. The loss of the sense of communion. That the isolation of social media mm-hmm. um, tugs us into. Yeah. And all of a sudden, boom, there goes an hour. There goes an hour. I know. There goes a, a and day. I don't know if they even notice. You know, I was telling you that I have family members that are elderly and spend all of their time on their tablets. And so you go and you visit, and they'll chat a little bit, and they might talk while they're looking, but it's just like they don't even see it or they're not even aware of it you know and it's just bizarre and i'll have to say can you put that down for a minute you know these are elderly folks yes i'm used to saying that to my teenagers yeah but it's so they don't even realize generational yeah yeah well that that uh that's kind of be a a topic i think i'd like to see us explore a little bit more not only here through real presence but also through um the Abbey and some of our offerings that we have here. Mm-hmm. I think it's a real deal. It's a real thing. And, mm-hmm. and, and the Abbey's mission, like I said, was the, mas- the Abbey's mission is to foster the rediscovery of peace. It's a broad definition or a broad mission. But in a world that's kind of gone awry, um, and Don made, made mention of it several times, it is purposeful that they're, yes. they're sending us awry. 
and know our weaknesses that um, in a world that, that often goes awry, there's a lot of opportunity or a lot of need for rediscovering what we're created for. Well, and I think it's fitting that, you know, both the retreat centers that we have, well, on this side of the state, you know, yours is rediscovering peace. And then at Broomtree, in the silence, God speaks. Yeah. I mean, they both are, you know, saying how important that is. There's a connectedness to that. Yeah. To be able to step away. And I think, wow, it's just stepping away from from our day-to-day work, our day-to-day um, distractions. But I've never really thought a lot about because there's this tug of war too. Because people come here and they go, "Oh, the Abbey's great. It's beautiful, and I really feel God's presence here." But, gosh, I can't get online as much as I want to. <laughs> I and part of that is because we don't have. Um, it's a massive fiber building. optic, <laughs> massive building made out of made out of concrete. We don't have the fiber optic capacities, and yet, right around the corner, Deacon Paul is is that technology coming to us now? They're they're. They're trenching in fiber optics. Mm. And, and I think to myself, be careful what you wish for. Mm-hmm. There's a reason we don't have TVs in, in our rooms either, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because we don't need that. We need, a, we need communion, like Father Todd Schneider said. We need communion with Christ. We need communion with each other. We don't need more communion with IT. Yeah, we have plenty of that at home. Yeah. <laughs> so what kind of things are going on here at the Abbey? I know... The pandemic was really difficult for you. Yeah, um, the pandemic. Wow. Yippee skippy. Our favorite word. You know what, though? But the pandemic was... <clears throat> I don't know, did you get a sense that, you know, you thought, just like most things in the world, you, you think you can control. You think you're in control. <laughs> you do. You do. I think I'm in control as a, as a father, and then something will happen, and I'll just go, wow, Lord. I wasn't in control, was I? Or things here at work and what have you. But when you have a retreat house that relies on groups of 25 to 50 to 75, maybe even 150 people, um, or large musical events that bring in a couple hundred people, and all of a sudden, that is the doors closed on all of that. We, I'm sure we lost, a, I want to say, over 80% of our, hmm. our events at the Abbey. And at about July, that hit me last year. I thought, yeah, we could work through this. We could gut it out. And then when July came, I just went, there's just no way. But God just said, you know, trust me. Huh. Trust me. And there was a tremendous freedom in that. Um, a tremendous freedom to be able to just surrender that to him and just unburden myself as the director of the Abbey and and I'll even speak for our, our board members, that if this is what God wants, to utilize the Abbey as a means of grace mm-hmm. to the people of this region, mm-hmm. which we've been kind of saying and feeling, but the rubber hit the road last year. And you know, we reduced our staff by 75 to 80%, and the, they were terrific. And people gave. You know, it's a non-profit, so people stepped up and supported the Abbey throughout this. It was tremendous. A lot of non-profits were seeing drops in charitable giving. The Abbey saw a rise in oh, charitable good. giving. Oh, good. And who's in charge? It's not me. It is not me. <laughs> yeah. It's the guy that owns wow. the, the, the cattle on a thousand hills. And um, 
it, it, it invigorates me and, and sends me forward going, this is really, really your mission. It's not mm-hmm. ours. Mm-hmm. And about the time here in South Dakota, I know we're talking to a lot of different states, um, Minnesota, into Wisconsin, mm-hmm. over into Wyoming. And really, the, 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 the differential between Minnesota, which was quite locked down, and, and South Dakota, which was quite open, was pronounced. And when we, um, because we're in South Dakota, around the first of the year, while we had parameters in place, COVID parameters, um, there was some more openness to here than maybe some opportunities in the Twin Cities. When, when, when men and women really wanted community, they just mm-hmm. desired this community. Mm-hmm. About the first of the year, we had three groups that came out from the St. Paul Seminary. And that just set the tone. And we started having a return of all these groups that we had hosted in 2019 and had been building on since we opened in 2013. So um, I, I think we're pretty close to where we were pre-COVID. Wow. Pretty close. Not quite, but pretty close. I'd say we're within 15% or so. Um, and open to more. We, we get phone calls. I mentioned Cindy Tremonti, our, our um, events coordinator. But a lot of folks that are calling up about mm-hmm. family reunions. Yes. Hey, we want to get together. Can we do that? And we talk about our COVID protocols and things like that. And, you know, they're yeah. very, I think they're very doable. Yeah. Mom and I have talked many times about how fun it would be to have a family reunion up here. I mean, just the perfect setting. and. Yeah peaceful and beautiful and just wonderful time together. And I don't think our family hasn't done a family reunion in a long time. You know, it just has kind of fallen to the wayside. And a lot of people say, oh, God, I couldn't do that. It's just this insurmountable. But if you bring it together, your family, Mm -hmm. maybe two or three or four people to say, we're going to kind of coordinate this. Mm -hmm. And don't make it this big hoop, la, (laughs) but be just hang out. To be together, you know? Yeah. yeah, do something like this, a reminiscent thing or a story time. Some of the coolest ones are they take the oldest people. I'm not looking at our next guest, but they take the <laughs> oldest people and they say, we've had them come here and with recording devices and say, we want to get the story Yes. from great uncle yeah. Theodore. Because that story is not going to be forever. Yeah. And that's really neat when you could get a family and gather them in one of the conference rooms or one of the, the dining rooms and talk about these things. Yeah. Because that's, that's a legacy. That is. And it's not going to be there forever. Beautiful. So. And so that's a neat thing. We've had um, some musical events. Um, we're looking at bringing back more music events, arts retreats. But the bread and butter up here, of course, is the spiritual retreats and mm-hmm. the real... Um, the real thing that I think um, I'm seeing more pastors, priests, and pastors of of, uh, of uh, uh, Protestant churches come and say, "We just want our um, we just want a retreat hmm. for our parish, mm-hmm. um, uh, the adults of our parish, and come." There was a group that came yesterday. There was ten of them or so from a Brookings oh. Methodist church yesterday, and then I sat down with a priest from. Um, just into the Minnesota New Ulm Diocese, and he's looking at, I'd like to get about 50 people out here for a, for a retreat. And um, we, they did so it last year. So many possibilities. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, we're going to take a quick break and we come back more with Deacon Paul Trinan right after this. Stay with us, folks, with more Real Presence Live. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Do you want to make sure Real Presence Radio continues to receive your support in perpetuity? This can now be accomplished by establishing an individual endowment account in your name with a minimum gift of $10,000. A distribution will be made annually in your name to assure future generations will continue to hear the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ through the mission of Real Presence Radio. To learn more about establishing an individual endowment for Real Presence Radio, a gift which will last in perpetuity, Please call me, Mike Kidrowski, at 701-290-4503. State tax credits may apply in some states. Let's get started. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides affordable housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. If you have any questions, you can call 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. Hi, this is Dr. Ryan Sappo with Lumen Vision in Fargo. Lumen Vision offers eye exams for the whole family, contact lenses, glasses, and vision therapy services. Our specialized vision therapy program works to improve how the eyes work together as a team. We work with our patients to improve reading difficulties, lazy eyes, eye turns, and focusing problems, which can be detrimental to performance in the classroom and on the job. You can learn more about our mission at lumen.vision. Lumen Vision is a proud sponsor of the Real Presence Radio Network. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. I'm Heather Caro. It is great to have you back with us here at Real Presence Radio. I'm Deacon Paul Trinan. We're broadcasting from the Abbey of the Hills in Northeast South Dakota. It's a beautiful, beautiful day outside. Just hardly any wind. That's rare up here in uh, yeah in the hills the, yeah uh, the hills by uh by uh, marvin so absolutely so we were talking about the abbey and some of the things going on at the abbey or just in general things that can go on at the abbey but let's talk about actual things that are scheduled yeah right now actually there's a really interesting interesting um exhibit right now at the abbey for the remainder of uh, the month of May, actually up through May 22nd. So we're getting close towards the end, but it's called The Musical Oddities in Time. Oh, is that what I saw? It's a piano exhibit. Before you leave today, because, um, I mean, I took piano lessons for about three years growing up. Mom endured that uh, <laughs> purgatory with me. But, you know, love music, love music. Well, there's a man, a gentleman named Steve Meisner, who actually lives in a, the tiny town of Stockholm, just up the road from the Abbey. And um, he is a collector of these 
super rare pianos, some of them back from the 1700s, the same styles of piano that the great artists like Mozart would play on. I always thought a piano was a piano. Right. That's not really the case. So he's got about 25 different... I don't even want to call all of them pianos because you look at them and you go, oh, man, that doesn't well, look there, like a piano. I walked in and there's a display right there and I'm like, what is that? And then I'm like, well, those are piano keys. Yeah. It's like a piece of art. And so he talks about the art part of it, but then he even jumps into the engineering part of it, which I find fascinating. And then he talks about the design and how you know they did this to make it more beautiful. Like There's this one keyboard that kind of wraps around you and uh, instead of that regular linear keyboard. He talks about groups that kind of fostered this one. I mean, even as simple as the old um, wind-up uh, piano that um, would be on the wagon that would go around the streets oh, yeah. of New York City with the with a monkey on it, okay? Sure. So he goes into all these different, and he's got great stories that go with it as well. And um, I think young folks, and, and it's not only just like, ooh, don't touch, don't touch. I was there um, for his opening, uh, his his opening presentation, and he and he brought this young 18-year-old kid who was just, you know, he's just like eager to play something. He said, jump on this one. Have you played, uh, have you ever played uh, uh, an instrument that's you know 170 years old, and so he starts doing this, and uh, it was really beautiful, huh. really neat, fascinating, colorful, out kind of out of the ordinary, and it's free. It's, it's free. free. So just call the Abbey at 398-9200 or 605-398-9200, and it's not open at all hours of the day, but there are certain times where you can bring in just individually or you can come as a group i know a lot of people come and uh, line up and and steve is typically there two or at least two or three days a week to wow to walk folks through it that is cool yeah it's neat what a gift yeah so that's one of the things we've got um the the john paul ii uh vocations camp that's coming up june 3rd through 5th so a bunch of young men that are discerning the call to the priesthood and uh father sean Haggerty and his, uh, his group of uh, seminarians that'll um, kind of work these guys through all kinds of paces. High, high, high energy. Yeah. They're going, going, going. <laughs> I'll sit in my office and I'll have the window kind of cracked and all of a sudden there's just hooping and hollering outside in some of the Abbey grounds. and You can't sit at a desk while that's going on. You got to go out there and check it out. A lot of fun. So, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that's going on. Parish retreats, like I mentioned earlier, family reunions, like uh, like uh, um, you guys are considering, and mm-hmm. even folks that come for as simple as, uh, hey, we want our study group or a Bible study group wants to come and just do something out of the ordinary. Can can you host us for mm-hmm. an afternoon Bible study, and maybe we could have lunch there at the Abbey, and you know we could work that out. And that's a fun thing. Uh, it doesn't even have to be a Bible group; it could be a wine group. Yeah. You know, these ladies from Aberdeen would come over and say. <laughs> You know, we like our little bit of wine. We're not going to overdo it, but <laughs> right. fun stuff like that. Yeah, I love yeah. it. I love the opportunity that just exists here and that uh, you guys step forward. Um, can you talk a little bit about the history of the Abbey? Yeah, it's a, it's a fascinating history. Um, I was just talking to a Jesuit, a Jesuit um, priest from the St. Paul area who's considering a place for his 
um, novices to come on retreat. And, and I got back and I was researching a little bit. And the Benedictine monks that came and started the abbey actually came out to Dakota Territory before it was a state back in the 1870s. They came from Indiana, from St. Meinrad's Arch Abbey in Indiana. And the guy that kind of led them out here was a young man, young priest, by the name of um, um, Bishop Martin Marty. I'm famous for spacing out names. <laughs> Bishop Martin Marty. And if you have, uh, if that kind of tickles your memory, uh, if you know of uh, the Catholic school that's in, the Catholic college that's in um, Yankton, it's called Mount Marty. And if you know your history of the state, or of the... Um, the diocese in South Dakota. He was the first bishop in the diocese of South Dakota and eventually became the bishop of St. Cloud Diocese. But it was instrumental in bringing out uh, these monks and they were asked to come out to help. Um, they were asked by, you, by the natives themselves as well but to, to, um, to start schools and also to spread the gospel, to, be, to create disciples. And... Um, some would argue they did a good job with that. Some would argue they could have done a lot better job with that. Hmm. I think in the time, under the circumstances with the government, I think they did a fantastic job, but what, we're not perfect at it. And then as, as the 50s came along, they were living on the reservations at the time, but as the 1950s came along, they felt the Holy Spirit saying, we're going to build a house, a, a an abbey where we can live in communion ourselves. Mm. And so had up to 75 men living here at, at one time. Wow. And then the changes of the church and the changes in how um, the self-reliance of the Native American people themselves, um, taking over uh, their school systems and, and um, doing a great job of, of, of um, self-governing. And I mean, you got, you got all kinds of native, native colleges and things, high schools around here. It's just beautiful. So their need wasn't as, as pronounced back then. And so uh, maybe a little bit of a lack of a mission uh, focus. There weren't many men joining mm, uh-huh. the Benedict Order at the time. And so they made the decision in 2012 to shut down. And um, those remaining 14 monks moved to different abbeys throughout the Midwest, some like the St. John's and Collegeville up by St. Cloud, some out to uh, Richardson in North Dakota, some in Nebraska, some back to Indiana. And um, what to do with an abbey, right? What, what yeah. was going to become of this abbey? Because how large is this place <laughs> for people who've never been here? Uh, right now, if we had a head on every bed, a head on every one of our beds, because some are double beds, we probably could um, sleep about 125 people. So we probably have about... 70 rooms, 75 rooms available. Um, and it's, and it's, um, it's been, part of it's been remodeled and, and they have bathrooms in each one of the rooms, showers, what have you. And then others, it's kind of like the old college dorm style where mm-hmm. you go down the hall a bit to, uh, to get into the, the individually um, partitioned showers and things like that. Um, but, and then, there's, then, of course, there's the church and these different conference room areas that are available, the dining areas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so for, since December of 2013, the Holy Spirit kind of came upon some of these folks that said, you need to make an offer on the Abbey. And it was just like, 
It, it's no more. It was no more than this, sitting around the table with like a Don Wolf or a Heather Carrow and saying, what's going on with your kids? What's going on with, uh, with work? Hey, what's going on? I heard the Abbey's for sale. Maybe we should do something about the Abbey. And you look around the room, you go, where's that from? Yeah, there was some wine at the table. That's true. But, but it's, it remained even the next few days, the next few weeks, and kind of started becoming even more pronounced. Um, and it, I don't know. I don't know how those things happen, but I just know that it was of God. I do know. I believe it was. Mm-hmm. And it hasn't been easy. It, mm-hmm. it's, it's not been an easy thing, but nothing of God usually comes easy. No. 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 It doesn't come without discerning deeply and, and going into a little bit of a Garden of Gethsemane, which I talked about earlier, mm-hmm. and saying, not my will, but yours. And it's also not without a lot of joy. Right. And it's not without a lot of community, right? Right. So um, that's one of the beautiful things is the community that we formed here. You know, our next guest is a big part of the Abbey, and she's done a lot with, with volunteering. We're going to have a volunteer day here at the Abbey a week from tomorrow, I believe. Um, so if you're interested in learning more about the Abbey, you want to come and help out with um, sprucing up the Abbey. Yeah, spring um, cleaning. I've spring been watching that. Yeah. yeah, so we're going to serve some, I think we might, we're going to serve some jambalaya. Got a little influence from Cindy Tremonte, who's from Baton Rouge. And she says, we had to bring some really good food up here for these really good volunteers. And really, if you've never been here and you, you say, you know what, I want, I want something meaningful to do. Mm-hmm. And I want something to brighten brighten my corner of the world and give back. Um, yeah, it's a really wonderful place to do that. It really is. So, really beautiful. Yeah. Well, and they're lucky to have you at the helm of the ship. Well, it is a blessing to be here, like I said. <laughs> and, and as a deacon, you, we're, we're ecumenical in the sense, you know, I'm on Catholic radio right now and I'm t- telling everybody we're ecumenical. We are. We are. Mostly, most of our Sponsored program, almost all of our sponsored program is Catholic in nature, but we do host groups that come in here from different areas of faith. And, and I make no bones about it. I want to share the light of yeah. Christ. Yeah, I want that light to be shined. Whether it be a sewing group or a painting group or a scrapbooking yeah. group. Yeah, yeah. And they shine the light on me too. Mm-hmm. I'm. I mean, we got too many fences between some of our faiths. We don't even talk mm-hmm. about it. And some of the folks that come in here just. Uh, they inspire me. So beautiful, wonderful. Well, folks, we got to take a quick break, and uh, we're going to be back more from the Abbey of the Hills. I'm Heather Carroll, and I'm Deacon Paul Trinan, and we'll be back right after these messages. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. 